You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Real quickly, want to give a shout out to Queen City Podcast Network for giving us the studio time because it is a very good product when not and I get to see each other face to face. It's a better product. A conversation. There's less, there's less variables for us to like mess around with this. So again, thank you for QCPN. And uh, yeah, at some point again, we may get some guests from QCPN or get some guests in front of us at QCPN because it might be actually advantageous for us in that way too. <laughs> Thanks again to them uh, for allowing us the studio time. So let's go ahead and start off with um, Rick Bennell's article here and something that we did kind of talk about. I believe I, I spoke about this with Doug on Wednesday. It was the fact that we saw a few Charlotte Hornets actually playing some basketball. We saw that video surface just last week. Mm-hmm. They were playing with Michael Beasley. The reason that was a problem was because Michael Beasley <laughs> tested positive for COVID-19. And since then, I think we just found out today, the Nets have voided his contract leaving another space available for them to go after another player. Hopefully that player doesn't contract COVID-19 as every player that has been on that roster, it seems they have tested positive for the coronavirus. So those three players were Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, and Dwayne Bacon that are currently on the Charlotte Hornets roster. Now, one thing the NBA is trying to do is nix anybody from playing basketball outside of any sanctioned NBA competition that they're actually putting on. They said, quote, we are working to provide an opportunity for the teams who are not in Orlando to engage in group workouts, the NBA said in a prepared statement. In the meantime, while we understand players' desire to get together and organize their own workouts, in the interest of health and safety, they should not be doing so. There is no expectation that the league would issue fines. This is more about the league and union just asking players to simply abide by the rules where there really isn't any punishment for it. So I don't understand why they would abide by it unless it's for their own health and safety. Um, It's interesting because we talked about this, not, I wanted to talk about this with you just a little bit. You look at the players deciding to go work out with other players themselves, play basketball, play pickup. We've seen this all across the board. We can go back to when Trey young was playing in Oklahoma. We've seen this uh, constantly. Even Rick mentions the Martin twins were kind of going out park to park just to see if there were any basketball goals where the rims weren't taking off. Yeah, because they were in Charlotte, weren't they? Well, and it was at the beginning of the pandemic, and I don't know where they were. I just know they were going from park to park, and they were looking for somewhere to shoot. Giannis told us that he didn't shoot for quite a while. And I guess that is the argument, as you would say, for the second bubble to at least provide a safe environment because players are going to play anyway. Here's here's the funny thing, because I just thought about this while we were talking about this uh, earlier, but... Yes, one, Chicago, this is why Chicago is necessary. This is why I said when we discussed Chicago, they kind of need it because they're going to find a place to play anyway. These guys are wired to hoop. They love playing basketball. So, of course, they're going to find a spot to play. But the other reason why they're probably not finding people, and this is something I just literally thought about this, is that if you do, all you're going to do essentially is start having these open runs with no cameras. There are going to be those spots like Flight Club, like Velocity. Cameras are not going to be allowed in. They're still going to hoop. 
There are going to be places in Charlotte where a lot of these Hornets are going to do this. And granted, the facility, I believe, is still open right now for them to do individual workouts, but that's the most it is. There's never going to be any five-on-five until it's time to go, which is why Chicago is so important. At the end of the day, though, and I guess this is where I'm at now, like, they need they need Chicago. They need Chicago like yesterday. Well, I don't. I, again, I'm still with the compromise solution. I'm with joint practices to limit these teams all getting together, and I'm still with maybe just allowing these coaches a little bit more time with their players. Where if you were having practice and just five on five drills within the team, I think that would suffice and scratch the itch that these guys might have to play some basketball. The other thing is I don't think they should be fined, Nada, because the NBA is putting these delete eight teams in a situation situation where if you were to find them and you mm-hmm. were to actively try to legislate players not playing basketball because they're not a part of the restart plan in Orlando then what you're doing is saying we are actually not only just making it harder for you once the season does start in 2021 but we're actively fighting you in trying to improve next season and I think that would be a big problem in the NBA actively fighting players with punishments and fines and possible suspensions whatever punishment they would want to enforce for them to actively play defense themselves in these teams trying to get better that'd be a problem in my opinion oh that's a that's a massive problem and like i said all you'll do is drive these runs further underground to the point where you can't get them to take a coronavirus test or something like that and i think that's the bigger thing like how are you going to enforce it because again you have cities that are having a hard time enforcing gatherings charlotte is one of them we see that we see that as as it goes now so it's hard to enforce basically trying to prevent these guys from gathering so finding them is only going to make it worse and especially with a cba that i believe is coming up shortly or relatively soon yeah after the next season after the next season like finding them is only just going to sow seeds of discontent to the point where you're just going to make those negotiations even harder going forward and that brings up an interesting conversation because the nba has done such a good job of working with its players rather than dividing up two different parties and deciding this is how it's going to be without consulting the other first. The NBA has done a good job of consulting the players while they try to make up some of these rules. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect relationship, but it's the only one with the three major sports leagues right now that is doing a good job. I mean, in the NHL, if you want to include the four as the major sports, Mm -hmm. the NHL, they were able to work out something, but those two parties notoriously have an awful relationship. They do. Constantly ending in lock outs and, and just no seasons so the nba is going to be in an interesting scenario to me not because of the way that you could see some contention between the two sides for the first time since we had the initial lockout where it was a 66 game season or something like that because of the way that there's going to be disparity in money how, how of course much, and so and so what the nba needs to do is they need to keep this good standing it's already going to help them more than what the NFL and the MLB were helped in going into the pandemic negotiations because of the way their relationship is already fractured. But I I just wonder, is there enough good standing between the players and the owners, the PA and the NBA governing body? Is there enough good standing between the two to avoid any complications that might come with trying to distribute the money evenly or fairly, quote unquote, between the two parties? No, because have you seen what happened with the Black Lives Lives Matter And you're starting to see people say, hey, I wasn't consulted on this. The NBA basically did this with a rubber stamp from the PA, 
We're starting to see those kind of fractures already, especially with the names on the back of the jersey. We're already having those issues right now. So when you start seeing things like that, you're starting to see small little cracks. I don't think it's going to be enough to mess up the money, but I would not be expecting this grand united front. Yeah, you don't expect this to be all daisies and roses and kumbaya once they start to go to the negotiating table. One other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we go to our second segment was it's... I don't know how relevant this conversation is, but just something I find somewhat intriguing is the fact that Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, those are the guys. Yes. Not to me. This is a pretty tight-knit group mm-hmm. for the Charlotte Hornets, and it's always been a really strong locker room. It's a lame thing to brag about, but <laughs> but it's always been a strong locker look, room. All we have here are low bars. <laughs> all we have here is low That's bars. Right. It's easier to make your vertical look good when you have low bars. That's right. That's right. You know, Marvin Williams is the media award winner. You know, everybody is such a great dude on the team. Kimball Walker, everybody except for maybe a Dwight Howard or Lance Stevenson thrown in there every once in a while. Exactly. Um, um, it's always been tight knit and this is no different despite a new era of players coming in that they're, they're all high character guys and they're all really close. And I wonder, it, I don't think there's going to be any chemistry that's affected. I, I just think that there are going to be players that are going to long for some of these young guys that aren't going to be on the team anymore. And the biggest example of that being Dwayne Bacon, Dwayne Bacon, Dwayne Bacon ain't going to be on this team next season. Dwayne Bacon almost told you as much that he thinks it for himself to be better, to play for a different team. And my, Bridges and Dwayne Bacon have one rap album together. They're working on another, I believe. <laughs> they already, as the young players that they were last year with Kimba, they call themselves the Avengers with all of these guys on the team. Devontae Graham, I've heard talk glowingly about some of the young players. Like, it seems like they're all tight-knit, and I just wonder when Dwayne Bacon's gone, uh, you know, uh, how Potentially much- Miles Bridges at some point or P.J. Washington, because that de- that decision needs to come soon. Yeah, I, yeah, and, and, and who knows? I think that's further down the line, but point well taken. And even a Malik Monk, which is probably probably you know closer to the line than the two mm-hmm. you just brought up where if they decide to move on from Malik who I also think is pretty good friends with everybody uh, you know pl- these are professionals you adapt Kyle Lowry adapted to Kawhi Leonard enough to win a championship when he lost his best friend DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan. Yeah. and you know FaceTiming him after the championship was enough to suffice it's not like that relationship was fractured Kyle Lowry still showed up in the championship so I'm not I don't even know how relevant this convo is I just think it's interesting to point out these guys are really tight-knit and I just wonder you know how frustrated a Miles Bridges or some of these younger players might be if their best friends or their friends are off the team. Well, the thing is, Dwayne keeps saying he's not going to be back. It's the best if we break up on a media day, on a media call, and he doesn't seem to realize that's not entirely his decision, especially because he's got a restricted free agents. And with the cap being what it is, it makes more sense for the Horns to retain him just for depth purposes. It makes more sense. Unless they're just done with him, which I kind of think they are. Not I a- think they kind of are. And again, but the thing is, Dwayne put himself in this situation, which is something I will continually repeat. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, look, and, and I feel bad because, you know, Dwayne loves to play basketball, and we've talked about this, but sure. I mean, you know, Dwayne it didn't capitalize on opportunity, and, and I, I get all of that. I just, as far as Dwayne being, I think Dwayne's right when he says he's not going to be on this team anymore. I really do. I think a- I think he's right, but I also don't think he gets to dictate that. And I think that's when... When you start making those demands already and it's saying, not a demand though, right? He just thinks that he would be better with another team. I don't know if it's a he's demand. He's not though. wrong, but at the same time, this can end up backfiring and you end up spending a year being additional depth. And 
hurting your hurting your value even more going forward. All right, we'll get some draft talk in. Sam Vecini made some adjustments to the mock draft that he released earlier this week. No, Doug Branson is not on the podcast, but we still will talk about mock drafts. It's a drug that I think is okay as long as we take it moderately. The thing about Doug is he got addicted to it. That's the problem. Uh, uh, wait, draft boy, again, mock drafts is crack? I'm here for it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about crack a couple times today on the show. It's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Speaking of crack. Yes. How about mock drafts, baby? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. uh, Doug Branson. I feel like he's scratching his throat somewhere right now, like Tyrone Biggums. Uh, When you look at the Charlotte Hornets and where they are listed in Sam Bassini's latest mock draft, not he's actually got him slotted in the third spot, actually with the third overall selection. Where where is he going? Which would be nice. Um, And I think that would mostly be nice to to the, the casual Hornets fan, any Hornets fan that's out there. No. Until maybe a Hornet fan like you would see them select James Wiseman in this particular mock draft, the 19 year old seven, one center out of Memphis and what Doug likes to say kind of out of Memphis. So we've talked about James Wiseman. Yes. We know your stance. You don't want James Wiseman. He's kind of becoming the guy that you most don't want. He is becoming slowly the I'm throwing something at the TV if he's drafted here. <laughs> that's guy. that's yeah. He's, yeah. He's slow. Actually, no, I'm not even going to say he's slowly. He is that guy right now. And the more I think about this, the more it doesn't make sense to me. Okongwu does more for the modern game than Wiseman does right now. You have Denny Avia. Or I, I have no idea. That's how okay. To, yeah, I have no idea how to say it. But Denny's like right there. He fits this team better than Wiseman does. And more importantly, and I brought numbers to this time. I brought numbers to this conversation. I have a hard time justifying seven point eight million in the first rookie year, or at least seven point million. It's not seven point eight, eight point two, eight point six, and ten million dollars on a guy like Wiseman. I don't trust his development. There's not enough there to justify him drafting him when there are other guys with better tape. Again, Denny was killing it in the restart for the the Israeli league. You have Okongwu who put up better tape for longer than Wiseman. Mm -hmm. Why why, Why are we going with a guy like Wiseman off of raw potential? Because at this point, all raw potential will do is tantalize you just enough to continue to believe him the the thing the potential is there for me and i'm sorry i'm a sucker for it sometimes and i'm really conflicted in this draft and i imagine have we not learned anything from malik monk um no we haven't you're talking to the wrong guy and i imagine you're talking to yourself in that scenario (laughs) very much are you condemning your own self yes i am scenario so here's the mock draft he has minnesota taking anthony edwards he does have the suns taking Lamelo ball it would be the hornets taking wiseman cleveland taking denny as you mentioned and then it would be golden state actually taking Anyeka Okongwu the other guys that are still available at this point it's Achillean Hayes who has been somebody that's been mentioned mm-hmm. uh, you know Kevin O'Connor is somebody that kind of famously has him as his number one prospect uh, I'll finish out the top 10 the Hawks would take Okoro in this mock draft Detroit would take Tyrese Halliburton the Knicks would take Obi Toppin Chicago would take Devin Vassell and Washington would be the team that takes Killian Hayes um, this is a mock draft unlike I've seen 
Uh, it's interesting to see a guy like Okungwu go five, Obi Toppin, who had been rising up a lot of other people's draft boards, go 10 in this scenario, go eight in this scenario, Killian Hayes go 10 as that was someone that was selected pretty high. Uh, just a unique mock draft in my opinion. I haven't seen one. And Halliburton not in the top 10 either. No, he is. He's oh, Halliburton a, is. Yeah, yeah. Halliburton was, I believe, coming in at seven. Uh, Halliburton. Okay, Halliburton. Down. Like Maxi, not in the top ten. Maxi's not in the top ten. I like see there's, him, there's that. Like there's a whole lot of these details. Like if a Killian Hayes gets to where, if the Hornets actually selected eight, mm-hmm. Killian Hayes is there. You run with the card. You run with the card. I like Killian Hayes. Too, I man. like Killian Hayes enough. A Cole Anthony, even like if Killian Hayes and all the really good wings are gone. I'll take a Cole Anthony. Well, let me tell you why I'm conflicted, Nada, and I've talked about this a little bit. I had been pining for the Charlotte Hornets to select a home run pick mm-hmm. based off potential and ability that other people don't have, these unicorns. I wanted to have a unicorn in my toy chest, and we haven't gone for that in Charlotte for a long time. And yet, The last one was Bismack, basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the athletic dude that has some skills. That, and you uh, just have to refine or, him with player development. Just athleticism. Skills might be used loosely, but whatever. Uh, You look at those types of freaks, and I want one, certainly. And instead, they've gone for Miles Bridges, who athletically is a freak, but we we already, you know, we know what it is with Miles. We know what it was. Struggles to finish at the rim. We know what it was with P.J. Washington. All of these guys are, you know, players that you wouldn't deem freak, freak talents. And James Wiseman, at least, is that. He is a freak talent being seven one having the standing reach of nine foot four is just ridiculous mm-hmm. with that kind of athleticism. And so I get that. And I have asked the Hornets to try to swing for the fences, but in this draft, you know, I start to reevaluate it. And then I start to trend in a direction that is completely opposite of what I was asking them to do the last couple of years. Um, you know, I, I feel like so far I, I feel justified in my way of thinking on miles. I am not justified in the way I was thinking about PJ. Nope. No one was. And, and so, you know, with, with this, I could see why they might want to do the safe thing again with a guy with, in my opinion, that has a high floor and one of those guards that we were talking about, one of those wing players that we were talking about instead of selecting this one. But now it makes sense because Sam Vecini writes, Hey, the Hornets actually have a pretty nice little group of uh, core players that are set here where he, I'm trying to find the specific thing that he writes about the Hornets. He says the Hornets have a pretty sneaky, fun core of players that they've built. There isn't anything in the way of true power here, star power here, but there are a lot of really good young players who should give them some flexibility and roster building, uh, roster building going forward. Devonte Graham took a leap and is a real point guard option. Miles Bridges should be a long-term starter as long as the shot comes around and PJ Washington had a terrific rookie season as a stretchy forward with burgeoning defensive versatility. I also wouldn't totally rule out Malik Monk as being something. I would agree there, with There are a lot of qualifiers in that Malik Monk sentence. There, there's a lot of qualifiers all around, but yeah. I would agree mostly here. He didn't mention a center. There is a home run potential guy at the center position where he was widely considered a possible number one overall pick before he got injured, and it's really only the injury. Like, granted, there's not good tape on him. No. But there's also not a ton of bad tape on him with what he did in Memphis. And so it depends on, are you the glass half full glass, half empty type of guy? And I'm okay with them taking Wiseman. I've made it very clear who I like in this draft. 
and, yes, and the yes. kind of Devin and yeah. mind you, Devin didn't make your top didn't make the top ten in this. No, he did. You, oh, you're oh. not counting correctly. Oh, he I made it nine. Counting. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am I am completely zoned out. I am sorry about that. It's okay. Um, but he was coming in at nine here. Like the, the Hayes, I'm with you. They took Killian Hayes over Vassell. Cool. Vassell is just the guy I've kind of attached myself at the hip. But a wise man, I'm not angry, not like I can't tell you the player that I would see selected that it would be hot. Like I, I, I've seen those players before. I can't see that here right now with all the guys that we've talked about recently. Like I get your, I get your point because if, and this, I'm surprised you didn't bring this argument up with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, not a, you believe in Greensboro. Why don't you believe in Greensboro fixing a guy like James Wise? Yeah, go with that one. And, yeah, that's and, my defense. And yeah, I, like I don't have a defense for that because if you trust your Greensboro system and it's a system that we are going to talk about in depth ne- next week when we start talking about player capsules, mm-hmm. I like if we're going to talk about the power of Greensboro and what it's done for this team, you can make that gamble with a guy like James Wise. Here, here's, here's your defense. It's funny because we're arguing for each other rather yeah, exactly. than for ourselves. But here's your defense. It's the fact that the first rounders don't play in Greensboro. So Miles Bridges, he hadn't been playing in Greensboro. Whole, you know, he didn't play in Greensboro. PJ Washington didn't play in Greensboro. It, maybe it's because of the lack of depth that they had, whatever. But PJ the, didn't play. Well, to be fair, PJ was going to play, and then PJ played his way out of the possibility <laughs> of going there. So I don't know what they would do. And, and Malik, I would assume he's. Go, I would assume, quite honestly, if James Wiseman ends up being the pick, my assumption is. They sign it. They draft him. They sign Biz to like a short team friendly deal, mm-hmm. and Pete and uh, James Wiseman goes to Greensboro. That would be my theory. Man, the dude is crazy athletic for how big he is. Dude. I get he it. He really is. I and, get it. And I don't even think his touch is bad. I really don't. Like I think he's got a touch on him. Um, you know, shooting the basketball a little bit. I'm not saying he's going out to three point line, but you know, his free throw shot does not look broke to me. Um, but then again, I don't think DeAndre Jordan's shot looks broke and he can't shoot. Exactly. Know? So, <laughs> you know, the, like, like when we start having these discussions about guys like this, in a Wiseman, and it trips me up. I like it's, it's tough, man. I'm with you. It's I tough. I get it, but <laughs> it's one of those things. Like I gotta again, I could be PJ Washington wrong, which I was definitely PJ mm-hmm. Washington wrong for very different reasons. For very different mm-hmm. reasons, but I like I said, I just don't trust the kid. I don't, and mm-hmm. it's not fair to him. But, <laughs> but I, that's how it is. I yeah, guess. That's how it is. I feel how I feel. Sorry, not sorry. All right. We talked about crack that segment a little bit. We'll talk about it again next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Segway. Yeah. It's called a radio segway. Well, and, and I saw I'm feeling Josh. better, by the way, if you didn't notice. I didn't want, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, but what I, now I'm healthy, and I think people are going to notice a change in me today. So I just wanted to kind of go, go ahead and get that out of the way um, that Doug is unleashed on this show today. So watch out. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, it's Friday, Nada. We're going to have a little fun. One thing that has been fun during the pandemic, one of the bright things, the few bright things that have come from the pandemic has been the versus battle between artists that are, where does it, where does it, does it appear on again? Um, it's on Instagram. Instagram. It's yeah. on Instagram. And it also does, they also go to Twitch. And I think they have a deal with Apple TV, if I'm not mistaken. So this has been really cool to see these artists go against each other. And then we get to talk about who we think actually mm-hmm. beat the other artists who won or not. And how many of them have you watched? None. I haven't watched any. You haven't watched any Walker. I don't have an Instagram. 
I don't have a Twitter. Walker. That's right. I haven't. I've only followed everybody else and what they've tweeted. And yes, I understand this is a problem. This is a massive problem. Yep. I've only followed everybody's comments. They like, have it on YouTube. They have all of them on YouTube. I don't even you haven't watched yeah, one. I haven't gone How back. Dare you? I haven't gone back and retroactively watched them. I have. So not you done missed that. it. So you missed. So hold on. I missed. You missed yeah. Rizza mm-hmm. Primo. Oh, uh, that's that. And you know what? You you were right to start off with that one because I was really mad at that one. And I heard like I read the catalog that they play. Yes. And, but I don't listen to them actually go hand in hand. But that's me. Like I'm reading the book and I'm not watching the movie. Like like this is shameful. This is. Beyond shameful. I'm more ashamed of you for this. Is it why you're shameful? Is that where you're going? More. <laughs> much more. Like, I am legitimately upset right now yeah. because you have not, like, The Wire, I get it. It's a, it's long. It's a slog. It's it, Sometimes it can be boring, and it takes a while to get to the story. No, this is different. This is easily accessible. You could have watched it. I am ashamed. You I, should be ashamed of yourself right I, now. I accept, I accept your anger, and then I also share that anger with you at myself, and you know what? Probably not going to watch this one either, but we do have... How, no, 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 no. This no, is a no. good battle. This no, is a good no, no, battle. No. This is a non-negotiable, Walker. This okay. is non-negotiable. You will watch this. Uh, this this one features DMX and Snoop Dogg. So speaking of crack, the one question that I have <laughs> is if DMX is okay, not like, do we know if DMX is actually all right right now? We, like, how's he doing? We know he's on antidepressants, but the fun part of, and mo- more importantly, the fun part about these verses, Walker, is that this is old people versus technology. Mm-hmm. And things will go wrong. Well, so let's talk about the actual battle between the yes. two. Because I do see a consensus coming to form, and I would completely agree with it, that Snoop Dogg is going to be DMX pretty handedly. Yeah, let, let me put it this way. I love DMX. I love, again. It's I'm with you. It's Dark and Hell is Hot is great. It's a great album. Um, I'm not a big fan of Flesh of My Flesh, but again, to put out two great albums that went platinum in the span of a year is a very awesome apo- uh, uh, co- accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the Great Depression is actually halfway decent. But after that, like are, we're talking about Snoop Dogg, the dude that came up with Doggy Style, featured heavily in the Chronic, and wrote a whole bunch of Dre's Dre's rhymes for that. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about the dude that did Rhythm and Gangsta. We're talking about the dude that managed to reinvent himself about four or five times and then even managed to do Girls Gone Wild, and we do not talk <laughs> about that part of the Snoop Dogg life. Well, Snoop Dogg has so many songs that he's a part of exactly. that are just awesome, and so I would agree that Snoop Dogg would win. Here's the thing, though. If you were to say, if you were to go with Top Heavy or, like, the heavy hitters that feature both of the catalogs man like dmx is it dmx has a couple of really nice heavy hitters to come at you fast and hard like maybe one of the i I feel like dmx is going to be the horse that uses too much energy right out of the gate and then eventually falls back no because he has to yeah he again the thing is snoop's got 20 songs that you can say are absolute Mm -hmm. smashes Mm -hmm. and this is when we start talking about and bomani jones mentioned this we got to talk about the difference between hits and jams mm-hmm. and hits. Yeah, they re- they register and they register with suburban America. And I'm using suburban America as a euphemism for something else. And I'm being very nice about that. Hi, Nada. Yes, yes. I yeah. speak on all. Uh, I speak on behalf of white people and say we see you and we hear you. Uh, okay, good, good. I just had to make that euphemism <laughs> very, very clear. Like hits work, but we talking about jams. And Snoop's got at least twenty jams. That hey, look. We're here. Again, these are going to be... like. What happens when Snoop plays Ain't No Fun? 
Yeah. Because he can play Ain't No Fun no matter how problematic that song is. Mm-hmm. And go listen to it in 2020 and imagine how Snoop doesn't get canceled for that. But what about DMX with coming out with some of those bangers as far as Rough Riders Anthem? He's going to come out True. with Up In Here. And then True. that's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to come out hard out of the gate. Yeah, but here's the thing. He, again, Snoop throws out d- deep cover and it's over. Well, I mean, I'm just saying banging, though. Like, DMX is going to come out with some really good ones first. And then you're right. Snoop Dogg is going to wipe the floor with him and i'm sorry dmx but that's exactly how it's going to play out um but in the spirit of the game right in the spirit of verses where you are supposed to just be feeling oh hell yeah that is my jam dmx is going to come out with some club bangers and then speaking of that when we talk about hype music Uh espn actually released i think the top 10 stadium songs if i'm not mistaken and how suburban did it get it got very very suburban how high was jump around on there Uh, i didn't hear that one i will tell you something even worse though jump around would have been a gift compared to the number one song that they had on the list no the number one song on the list was don't stop believing um by journey yep that was the number one song and look i'm cool with steve perry being there like uh, i I, but but that but you are i'm not but steve perry is awesome i'm just saying i'm not trying to hear that in the stadium as far as any kind of 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 pump up hype up song whatever that you play in the arena yeah Yeah, i'm not here for any of that wait no no hold on hold on so so let's just run this back did at least kesha's timber make it yes it was number two See, you know what? At least, fine. Oh, wait, I maybe. But wait, it was, is that, it's, it's Timber. It's uh, going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, exactly. that one is. Yeah, that yeah, we're not. Si- I'm not singing this because I, I respect my <laughs> listeners' ear, earbuds. You almost did, almost I got almost you. did. You almost got me. Uh-huh. But yeah, Kesha on there. Like, jump, if jump Around didn't make top 10. I know Wisconsin is upset about that. Well, I didn't see it. I just heard it on the Dan Levitard show. Ah, I got you. And so I didn't see the list, but I heard a couple of them. Seven Nation Army comes in at seven. I think they were being That's cute low. on that. That's low. Um, um, that be humble was like number six or number five. Kendrick uh, Lamar, maybe? Kendrick Lamar got on there. But my point being is the fact that if we're talking, and, and I know Bomani put out three songs, he came out with a few songs as well. Uh, Knuck if you buck is has to be one of them. Well, it wasn't, but that's the what. Thing. Knuck if you buck is a fight song, and what's funny is one of my buddies was hosting a podcast, and he <laughs> and one of his co-hosts were going with. They were doing a draft of the top. 10 songs that would uh, be most likely to uh, cause a fight in the club. And I texted him when he said he's going to put that topic out. I was like, I want to draft Nuck If You Buck number one overall, please. He's like, that's already taken. mm -mm, It's already mm -mm, taken. mm -mm. Here's the funny thing. I I would say of the Little John songs that will cause a fight, it's not even top five. Well, Nuck If You Buck's got to no, be one. No. What? It's top uh-uh. five for sure. Uh-uh. Not, 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 no, not even a Little John song. We Nuck and We Buck and no. We Ready to Fight? It's no. in the lyrics. No, 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 no. Put your hood up. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Little ready. John. B-I-B-I. <laughs> Number two. Like, again, I can go down okay. the list. You just like, don't think it should be top five. Oh, it's not. Not even, it's not a top five Little John song. Mm-hmm. Young Bloods, Damn. Like presidential by Young Bloods, also a Little John song. Literally, that's four. I gave you four right there, and I can, uh-huh. and I'm probably oh, a little at, scrappy. No problem. Look at that's your mind. Five. Look at the wheels in your brain like, turning literally, just to try to figure there's out. There's five right there that I would say would are more likely to cause a fight. When you heard that song in 2001, 2002, and if you were old enough to be in a club, you heard those songs, you headed for the exit. You know why? Because you <laughs> knew what was going down right after. Uh, that's not a helping us suburban people here on Locked On Hornets. By the way, we got to go 
Snoop. Both of us are going Snoop. Yes, correct? we are. We All are. right. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Uh, thanks again to you guys for supporting the show as always. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Have a great weekend. We will do our player capsule starting next week. I lied to you on Wednesday, said we were going to do that on Thursday and Friday. I apologize for that. It's often what we do here. Um, but this one, you can believe me. We're going to be doing the player. No, we're absolutely doing it Monday. I figured, you know what? Why don't we start them fresh with a new week? Yep, I think And we're going five days a week starting Monday, too. Uh, that's right. Yes, we are going to be back with you daily. We're going to be putting out content for you Monday through Friday, every single day in between, barring maybe a couple of things that happen here and there. And uh, the other reason we're doing player capsules and evaluations, we need content. Absolutely. We're shameless. We're shameless about this. It doesn't matter. We're going to make a episode for each individual player and maybe even more somehow. We might make one for Big Pat and evaluate him. Hey, uh, we can call it. <laughs> look, I can get him on the phone. We'll, we'll, hey, we may discuss his performance at this season. Sounds like we've got a uh, good show lined up for the future. Thanks again for joining us here. Have a great weekend. Ooh.